I think we're all drummed into thinking that we need to make our own way, aren't we? And think we need to make our own mark on the world. And actually, that is a way of making your mark. Why don't you want to grow something that's already there rather than start from scratch? There's no need for everybody to start from scratch when someone's done the great, you know, a lot of the groundwork. They don't want to reinvent the wheel all the time. And it's an opportunity. It's just the same as going through anyone, anyone's you know, like Tesco started up as a family business, for God's sake, and yet everyone wants, a lot of people want to work there, don't they? So, and, and, the, and like the likes of John Sainsbury. So for me, it was, yeah, I was very resistant. I can't say I wasn't, but I've never regretted it. So I guess that says something. Are you searching for your ideal career, fed up of your daily grind, or simply want to hear some inspiring stories? Then you've come to the right place, because it's time to do a job you love. It's time to get work savvy. Welcome to yet another Get Work Savvy podcast, the show that aims to provide you tips, tricks and ideas to help you find a way to get paid for what it is that you're passionate about. And in this episode, we're going to share another story of somebody who's been able to do just that. Nicola, much like Ollie the Chock, who we've interviewed a few episodes ago, never thought she'd end up working in her family business, but having started on a temporary basis, but soon found herself falling in love with growing the family business, using the skill sets that she has, and building something for her and her family, which I think is such an attractive and appealing thing for many people looking to do something for themselves. As well as her journey, Nicola shares with us some tips, tricks and ideas on how you can learn from your mistakes and using every experience as an opportunity to learn and to improve. And we'll hear how she's adapted the business over the years, including things like social media marketing, which was pretty unheard of to a family business 10, 20 years ago. So without any further delay, let's hear more from Nicola and find out how she got work savvy. So hi to Nicola and thanks for coming on to the Get Work Savvy podcast today. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you for having me. Excellent. No, absolute pleasure. And I know that we've been in touch recently and having seen some of the work that you do really caught my eyes and really piqued an interest for myself. But for the listeners who are a little bit less familiar with you, could you just explain what it is that you do? Okay. We as a company produce high end items from a product known as man-made stone and the difference between man-made stone is there's lots of variants on it. The main brand is known as Corian, but there's lots of brands in the marketplace. And the, the beauty of the product is that unlike normal stone, like natural stone, marble and granite, we can make it into big funky shapes. We can curve it by using heat and make lots of different items. So it's very unusual and is used extensively in all sorts of places, including airports, kitchens, in you would have seen it in McDonald's, London Transport Museum. And it's just a, a, an amazing product that you can actually manipulate to make into something very, very different. So if you're looking for the unusual, that's something my company specialises in. Fantastic. I know that having seen some of the images and the videos that you've put out there, it does look like a really impressive product. And I know having visited some of those facilities and, and museums and locations where perhaps you've been able to provide or, or similar um, companies provided that man-made stone it, it always fascinated me of how that come to form so it'll be be fascinating to pick up with with how that all works in a second okay but growing up I imagine you wasn't aware of man-made stone so what was your aspirations growing up and career-wise what you wanted to do oh my gosh um well my family is a shop fitting family by trade so I 
aspire to not do anything at all to do with the family if i'm perfectly honest <laughs> so and i didn't really know when i went to when i was at school what i liked doing i mean I, you know had favorite subjects same as everybody else and um, ended up doing uh, food and consumer studies at university which was basically home economics it transpired quite quickly that i'm not a particularly good cook and not particularly imaginative with food so that wasn't really a route i went down i had my placement at tesco's and i started off being a buyer for a, uh, a food company that uh, produced nuts and in the interim period my parents needed somebody and they asked me if i would join the family business as an office manager so that was 21 years ago and the idea was at the time as far as i was concerned it was temporary it's been a long temporary time if you like 21 years later i'm still there and still work my way up through the ranks and the thing i aspired not to do is exactly the thing that i love doing so it's very strange how i've got to where i have now it is odd how it works out like that isn't it and yeah i love the i love the idea that perhaps you purposely went in a different direction but you've able to come back and and actually prove yourself wrong almost in in finding finding yourself loving what it is that you're doing so fantastic to hear that so could you talk us through a little bit about perhaps how they've convinced you to go part-time and to to take that step in and and how you've perhaps learned um, some of the skills of, of what you're doing and and how bfs work being a family business my mum they had three businesses back in the day so the shop fitting firm they had a windows firm and then they had some bsf solid surfaces so when i was working at the previous company i wasn't very well and it was an unpleasant experience so they said why don't you come and, and see how you like it we need people to assist in the office Around that time when I started, they decided that actually the future lay in BSF solid surfaces rather than the other firms. So one was closed and the other one um, they parked on the shelf, Bailey Shop Fitters, which was my dad's prior. And it kind of went from there. So I started off being office manager and then just things evolved. I suppose you learn marketing manager the marketing director and yeah it's just as you grow and you learn I mean we're talking when I first started there that you were using dial-up internet and you didn't have social media and it was very very it's a very different world I mean it's pre-9-11 and everything really so the world has massively changed and hopefully I've massively changed with it and in that time frame also my brother joined us he joined us in 2016 so again we became a, a true family business at that point so yeah very different Awesome. And uh, I mean, I think it's fantastic that, that you have got that tight family unit to help grow your company. Now, you mentioned you joined perhaps in a time where it was all pre 9-11 and pre using the technology to, to its yeah. utmost. I know that's something that you've been trying to encourage and push. So um, would you say that's important for, for companies that perhaps don't consider that as, as something that they would normally lean towards if they're not present in um, online and, and things like that is that something that you found a mm. uh, positive impact oh my gosh you? I wouldn't be without it social media marketing is where it's at and if you're not embracing it you need to be embracing it because that's where people are and most of us don't want to admit it but we're all getting older so I was in my 20s when I started working here I'm now in my 40s and things are different but the people that are um, doing business with me quite often they're in their 20s and 30s and they're using social media and Google and all the other things at their fingertips to have immediate answers. People's patience is no longer as good as it used to be. You, you can't wait for something to come in the post. You want to know now and you want to be able to see it now and you want to be able to talk about it now, particularly if your interest is ready to take in the information. So if people aren't embracing modern ways and social media and the rest of it, they're missing a trick because that's, you know, that's where people are finding out the things they like and they want to work with. Fantastic. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And I think that it might seem scary to start 
start with but actually people are still people on there it's just just finding a different way to communicate isn't it indeed in fact i find that i am i think like you say people are human it humanizes who you're talking to and it humanizes uh, the conversation so it takes all the corporate edge away from things and it just makes you two people having a conversation about common interest or whatever and you know people buy from people and that's always going to be true it's just the different mediums change through time don't they and you roll with it so now we're using online media more than ever probably because of this year as well yeah yeah unfortunately it has um yeah force issue with absolutely. some people <laughs> rather than being their choice but but yeah no absolutely and i think like you know thank god for it to be honest because like it could have turned out a whole lot Definitely. worse <laughs> it's made the world easier in some ways because at least people that are by themselves they have an outlet they have people they can talk to via whatever they choose you know whatsapp or zoom or whatever i mean 20 years ago we would have been like literally people would have been by themselves and there would have been no way other than the phone which is great but it would have probably grown i imagine over the number of people trying to use it so yeah most definitely so with the man-made stone i mean you, you talked about um how a company could come to you and and have all kinds of products for their solid surfaces but how does it actually work could you take us through that process of of how perhaps a client uh, might have a requirement and then how you work with them to produce that finished article okay so a client would typically come to us and have seen something they they like and it may not always be in solid surface sometimes it starts life in a completely different material and they'll come to us and if there's a color they like we'll look for it amongst our boxes they'll send us a drawing we'll do them a price based upon what they're looking for and if they like it then we start the process of buying material the material itself is is sold to us in sheet material so we make this big sheet material into the funky designs that they're looking for so it could be a kitchen countertop a vanity top a reception desk there's so many things that can be made so we go from that point if they want to go for the job we would possibly go and template it which is where we go out with a laser and we would measure the size and make sure everything fits and it's all accurate bring that information back here do a drawing, get our customers to review the drawing, check that there's no errors or omissions, sign it off and off we go, ordering material and organising to manufacture in our workshop. And then after that point, when it's ready to go, we would phone the customer and organise to come and install and or collection if they want to collect, depending on the size. So it's a fairly simple process and we're all very, very friendly people. So anybody that's a little bit concerned, unsure, they just need to talk to us and we'll be more than happy to, to guide them through the process. What would you say is perhaps been some of your standout pieces i know you mentioned the, the transport museum any unusual pieces that, that spring to mind well loads um we did a lot of walling for forbury place there's two office blocks of forbury place in reading and they've got this walling that is um twisted like propeller blades it goes from floor to ceiling and it's in strands and it's twisted wow. like ribbon yeah so it's really cool and um held up with um they hook it so that you can't see it, so it's safe. And they liked it so much in the first building that they had us do the second building. So that was really, really unusual. But yeah, we've done um, wall cladding for the outside of Harrods um, in T2. Um, so that was unusual in that the finish needed to be a specific issue. Curved reception desk, we made a reception desk that was made to look like a tablet. So it's all clad outside. By clad, I mean that it's the whole of the outside of the item is entirely solid surface. And it's for a pharmaceutical company so they just wanted a giant tablet as their reception desk <laughs> so it's so many so many things <laughs> really cool really cool and just to say to listener if you're kind of 
trying to visualize these, what we'll do is we'll drop some links in the show notes to the accounts for Nicola's company. So you can go and check out some of their work um, because it is really fascinating to look at. And I, I can imagine like real, really satisfying seeing these products come to life as well, especially some of the ones you just gave us as an example there. So thank you for sharing those. No problem. So thinking about where you've gone, because I, I take it, are you more on the client side in the marketing kind of department and managing of the running of operations or, or what do you, what is your specific role? My specific role is MD. So to, to be fair, I'm in charge of everything. But the thing that I major in is yeah, clients. So client facing, uh, marketing, marketing and sales, that sort of thing, making sure that our customers are happy. My brother fronts up the other side. So he is in charge of production and estimating and make sure that all the working drawings and all the installations and everything are all organised at the same time. So we were a good team because he's very analytical, although he's very artistic, he's very, very analytical, whereas I'm much more shades of grey, can understand a customer. And I, I have the ability to be able to see a situation from all sides. So I can always put myself in someone else's shoes, which makes it sometimes easier to start thinking about, okay, I can understand how they feel, so how do I go about making sure they get what they need to make them feel even happier or if they're disgruntled for some reason how do I make that work out and make them feel happy about the situation in hand so yeah I think it works quite well between the two of us we're very different fantastic so I'd imagine you need to know the products just as inside out as as your brother in that regard yes <laughs> yes I spend a lot of time with the with the products and the samples and so if if somebody's thinking you know they've got a family business and they're being asked the same question of you know to to come into the fold and to to help manage or, or run or, or learn about and, and be part of the family business is there anything particularly that has helped you to make that transition was it uh, an easy process is there anything to watch out for any tips and advice for people who have been asked to do something similar I wouldn't have said it was easy but I don't think anything worthwhile in life is easy I would say that it's very rewarding and I would say that um, there's disadvantages and advantages with everything in life but working with family you do actually get to work with your in my case my parents and my brother so as we get on it was nice because we got to spend a lot of time together and learn the business together but it's ours and that to me is so mm. important because everything we do is for us and it's all for the right reasons. I'm not working for a big corporate company or anyone else. So everything I do is for the best interests of myself and my family and our staff. And that way I can make sure that they are looked after correctly as well, because that's important to us. So I think we have a little bit more sway and, and it is worth, if you want to be able to have some sway in the world, it's only a small thing, but it is something you can do to you know, help out as well. It isn't easy, but it is, like I said before, very rewarding. I would recommend it, to be honest with you. Fantastic. I didn't think I would 21 years ago, if I'm honest, but, you know, <laughs> still here. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and it's um, it's proven that that temporary stint has, uh, has turned into more of a permanent fixture. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so thinking back over your journey then, what would you say perhaps your biggest challenge has been? I mean, you mentioned it, it wasn't easy, but what was your biggest challenge to get into where you are? God, there's been a few. We've taken on some of the wrong people during my time here and made some personal mistakes and they've cost us in terms of um, reputation, clients, um, obviously financially. So they've been challenging because you've got to first work out you've got a problem and then you have to work out how you're going to, to deal with it. And they were things that I've had to you know, look into over the years. Gaining and, and, um, and winning business, that's always challenging. And we've obviously worked our way through 9-11. We've had the, the recession. We've had all sorts of other things happening on route. And now, of course, this year. So that's a challenge. 
my father's decided he's retiring and he's a very, very uh, strong-willed man. Mum retired three years ago. So that in itself has become challenging because we're starting to make changes that he does or doesn't like, but wants us to do if that makes sense because he wants us to grow, he wants us to take the business forward, but he's still in charge. And so that's been a little bit mm. of a, there's been a bit of arm wrestling this year since he decided. <laughs> um, I just think being in business is challenging and you have to start to make plans and think about solutions to problems because we're all going to encounter them. Even if it's not of your own doing, you still need to work through them. So it's all about that. And especially this year, we've all know that this year has been the most challenging year any of us have probably encountered. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So thinking back over that time and, you know, you're super happy where you are now, would you do anything differently? Probably a lot of things. Certainly wouldn't take on some of the people saying that everything you do, it teaches you something, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So if you didn't make that mistake that, you know, you look back on, perhaps you wouldn't make some good decision as a result of it. And, you know, quite a few things. I mean, we made a big mistake with the operations guy about five years ago, four or five years ago. But as a consequence, lots of things I'm doing now, I've learned en route because of it. I've had to push myself out of my comfort zone a lot more than maybe I would have done had he stayed. So I, I don't know. I don't do regret. I don't think it's worth it because you need to learn from what you've done. You can't wind back the clock. So you may as well learn to live with what you've done and, and make the best of what happens going forward. So it's your lessons that you learn that are important, I think. Absolutely. And it's always a, a bit of a, a strange question, me asking that, because absolutely what you said, it's learning from from those things. And perhaps, yeah, in, in, with the benefit of hindsight, you would, but it's about making those mistakes, learning from them and, and doing things better in, in the future. So I absolutely agree with that. Obviously, with the pandemic this year and, and some other challenging moments with the, the operations chaps that didn't work out in some of those more difficult moments, is there any kind of forms of inspiration, whether it be books, podcasts, quotes, music, anything that you kind of turn to to help get you through and, and give you a bit of guidance that you could recommend for us to check out? I joined a group last year, and it's basically a networking group, and I met a load of great people through that. I would say in terms of podcasts, I listen to Brendan Bouchard's. I like Rob Moore, sometimes a bit of Gary Vee, but not as much as a lot of other people. I have taken coaching on this year, which I think has been a phenomenal thing I did. I think that was one of the best things I've done. And it's not just um, mindset coaching. I also have a content consultant. And um, so, yeah, and that makes a difference because I think if you listen to other people's advice, which I have been doing more, rather than thinking you know everything you know people are always saying talk to the experts well actually yes that's important because someone else can look at something and see it from a completely different angle and it's much better than what you think it should be in the first place book wise um i started but i haven't finished reading um the seven habits which is brilliant but it's just quite long um but brendan Machado, i read high performance habits and i would highly recommend that because i think a lot of what we do is we don't we don't do things properly quite often and there are easier smarter ways of doing things that if you think if you take a step backwards sometimes become obvious but when you're in something you don't always you don't always realize and another great podcast is Marie Folio she's really good and makes my my mind tick over when I listen to her so but I do think reading is important because it does open the mind and you just need to find something that you find works for you and and maybe give it an opportunity take the time to read or listen to audible if you haven't got time to read then you can listen to it in the car or when you're doing something else great advice there and, and i love love the idea that you know you've you've leaned on those people to give you that expertise and although we all like to think what we're doing is the best and and we have the the right ideas 
quite often just kind of chatting to somebody in, in, from a different angle might kind of reveal something to to take you to that next level to to really push that improvement to um to finding a different way of doing something that that would hopefully work better for you so yeah no thank you for that recommendation no problem at all it's worked for me this year so i can't can't speak highly enough of doing it (laughs) (laughs) good stuff just kind of leaves me to say um two things before we we go where can people find you where where is your social media presence and where's the best place to find bfs okay so we uh i'll give you our website first um, so you can have a good look at what we do. It's www.bsfsolidsurfaces.com. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn, um, Nicola Bars and MD at BSF Solid Surfaces Limited. Uh, we also have an Instagram presence and Facebook presence. So you'll find us on both of those as well. So, and hopefully if you just type in Google, you should easily find us there as well. Fantastic. I said BFS. You did. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I've got it written down as BSF, so I was just having a bit of a senior moment there. No worries. Apologies about that. But like I said earlier, I'll link all that into the show notes so um, so people can find exactly where to, to find you and, and have a look at some of those extraordinary pieces of work Thank that you. you've done. And that rightly so, you should be proud of. So last question for you then, uh, Nicola, before we leave, is just if you could go back and you could whisper something into your ear at any moment in time and you could perhaps share this with us, just thinking about one piece of advice to, to help you um, get to where it is that you've got to getting work savvy and and doing a job that you love what advice would you offer us I think I would take coaching up sooner I think I think I should have done coaching five years ago and it would have massively helped my mindset and helped me to cope with um, volatile people because there's a lot of volatile people in the world and I'm not a volatile person so I don't understand that myself so having coaching has helped me to a understand it and b how to deal with it absolutely fantastic just leaves me to say thank you so much for appearing on the show and uh, we wish you all the best for the future and looking forward to to seeing some more absolutely fabulous products that you're producing at bsf i'm gonna get it right (laughs) (laughs) thank you very much for talking to me today liam and thanks for inviting me my absolute pleasure thanks a lot thank you So thanks again to Nicola for coming onto the show. It was absolutely fascinating learning a bit more about what it is that you do and how you shape that stone into some of those really awesome and amazing pieces. Like I said, links in the show notes to the various sites where you can have a look at some of that fine work that Nicola's company produces. But for me, what I really took away from this episode was the importance of learning those lessons and not necessarily having that regret, as Nicola said, and making sure you learn from all of the experiences that you face embracing change but not necessarily thinking that you're alone and how valuable it can be by reading books listening to podcasts asking other people's advice or even getting a coach to help you improve what it is that you're doing if you like Nicola's story don't forget to subscribe to hear the stories of other people and feel free to go back and look through the archives of episodes that we've released so far to hear from a wide range of guests and pick up the tips and tricks that they've shared on how they got work savvy so you can use it yourself I hope this has given you some ideas to help you out on your journey. And until next time, take care, stay safe and continue on your mission to finding a way to get in work savvy. Take care.